So Carrie beat us to the show. Carrie is the only host on this episode now. Me and Caitlin are taking off. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. It's been <laughs> All right. Uh, let me go over some of these notes. <laughs> Carrie just started sweating quick. profusely. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary. Pretty boo. Scary Boo. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I am Caitlin Cut. And I am Carrie Martin. And that makes us your host. The dossier was packed this morning when yeah, we picked so it up. Packed. Three names. Yeah. It was huge. Because we, yeah. we we have we have a lot of ground to cover. We're getting historical on mm-hmm. this episode. We Pe- are. People are gonna learn things, and I'm sorry. I know you don't like to learn things, but it's what's yeah. gonna happen. I for one hate learning things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you knew that. A about second me. that. Yeah. Well, it's because I already know so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like now I have to carry all this extra around with me. I am I am but one man, you know. Uh, I read a submission recently for my job, and it just said, "Here's a question," and that was the the email header. And then it said, "If information's real, why doesn't it weigh anything in our brains?" And then this person just hit send. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That needs that Google filter that's like, you sure? You sure you want to send this? What time did it come through? Pause like for 3 one second. AM. Oh, it was I, I, it was late. I remember mm-hmm. it being like, yeah, this is this is uh, right up the alley of, have you ever thought about how money is just paper kind of? <laughs> I'm just saying, where's the gold? Where's the gold? Where's the gold? So, uh, you know, the next day he woke up with a hangover and was like, did I send that? And then he checked sent and was like, oh, God yep, damn it. definitely yeah. sent that. That's always the worst. I wanted to follow up so bad, but like, I'm not an asshole, but I, I almost was like, I do want to hear where he's going with this. But then I was like, <laughs> but this is also pro- probably either stoned or just crazy. Like, yeah, because that Those person was like, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get back to me. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh. So so before we dive in to our episode today, which is about history's most violent breakups, can I just say how great it is that we're all recording together? All of us. All of us. us. I love us, too. You know what? We should do this forever. Mm-hmm. Not like these people we're about to talk about. No, these relationships were not forever. Let's never end this relationship in the way these relationships end, which is violence. It's it's. Pure- Pure violence. Yeah. Pure violence. It's, yeah. I'm going to say not just like, like just in general, violence is a weird way to end things. It makes the chances of reconciling in the future just so slim. But that's the thing. Like when people get violent, it always blows my mind because of what you just said. It's like, okay, so you've just decided that this is like scorched earth and you are not like gonna, I recently terminated a friendship. Carrie knows about this. And oh, I, I'm listening. I definitely made it clear uh, 
I made it very clear to this person. And then because of my years of mentorship from the Carrie Martin School of Life, I immediately, <laughs> I sent this long, like incendiary text and then just blocked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do some rounds into the air and hit the good old block button. This person deserved it for sure. And I got like crazy subtweeted. Um, but I don't care. I mean, I, I, frankly, that just feeds me. I'm like, oh, just prove me right. Okay, fine. So I'm cool with that. But just like flat out, I'm going to kill you or I'm just I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Like, I don't get it at all. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. We, Caitlin. Yeah. You. You might remember this. What was the story we covered for Valencrimes where the guy blinded oh, his wife and they're still married? I um, know it's not called Love is Blind. No, it's <laughs> Crazy Love. That's right. It's called Crazy Love. <laughs> but I thought Love is Blind on Netflix would be better if they were all blinded by the people that they were dating. We were yeah. actively blinding each other like, all right. In our fun finale episode, these six people all have vials. Half of them are filled with acid. <laughs> Let's find out. Instead of giving out roses, you throw sulfuric acid in somebody's eyeballs. Comedy, here we go. But the first one on this list was shocking to me. Yeah, it's shocking to me too because I know absolutely nothing about Norman Mailer. Yeah. And it's a name I've always heard and pictured like, well, his name's Norman. He must do like Norman Rockwell type shit. No, no, apparently not. Oh, Carrie has a question. She's raising her hand. Yeah. And neither of you two can answer this. Uh-huh. I thought Norman... Norman Mailer was a guy who produced Facts of Life. That was Norman Lear, right? Yes. Yeah, that's Norman Lear. So this story was so confusing to me <laughs> when you read it with that filter. Especially with the dates involved. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an opinion about Norman Mailer. He's just, to me, always been a dude that thought everybody needed to hear what he thought. I mean, as a complet major, I read some Norman Mailer. I don't remember much of it. But by definition of being an essayist, there is a part of me that understands how he was a violent person. (laughs) Essayists, to me, always seem like live wire personalities. They're a little, you know, egotistical, you know, we'll just say. Pretty simple to say that, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't know much about Norman Mailer. Just based on the name, I had a whole different expectation of who he was. And I looked- I looked into it and he's just an asshole. It seems like he's yes. one of those Hunter S. Thompson types. So I'm assuming his, his work is highly overrated, probably a little playfully racist, super duper misogynist. I'm sure I'm not familiar with his work, but I guarantee I hate this guy. Like, he, yeah, it's not your vibe, Adam. I'll say no, that much. No, yeah. but now, especially so. <laughs> yeah. Now this, knowing that this being the first introduction to Norman Mailer in my life, I, I think I'm, done i'm i'm fine mm-hmm. not having yeah <laughs> any more yeah. norman mailer knowledge his wife adele i have to specify which wife we're talking about here because he was married and which adele and which mm-hmm. adele yes it is in yeah. fact the singer adele yeah it's that it is that one yeah. it's the one that you think people right. underestimate who, how old she old really is like she 19 is, yeah. you have to add 50 to each of those albums she lost yeah. that weight and yeah now she's got another 50 60 years in her she's a vampire Adele's like a vampire. Death becomes mm-hmm. her. Yeah. yeah, Adele's a vampire. Her and Timothy Chalamet. Yep. Timothy Chalamet is absolutely a vampire. And of Hello course. from the Other Side is about Norman Mailer. Am I correct? <laughs> I believe he wrote it. He, totally. Yeah, and go, she just yeah. sang it. He ghost wrote yeah. it because mm. he's yeah, dead. And, they, 
And the other side means on the other side of her like eternal life as a vampire. Right. Correct. Correct. You'll never hear it the same. <laughs> yeah, no. he, had, <laughs> he had six wives and nine children. Nice. Six. Six. Why get married more? It's so I've many times. So many times. But like, I, listen, I love my husband. And if things don't work out, I'm never doing this again. Like I'm in a good situation and I just think getting married more than once sounds insane to me. It sounds it seems exhausting. It is. It, it, well, cause then you're like resetting the clock on in-laws and, oh God, I just, and also the people that have full on weddings more than once, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and especially, I mean, not especially in with someone in Norman Mailer's situation, but kind of like where you've actually got enough money that every time you get divorced, someone's going to be able to say, all right, well, I, I need half of that. Like that has to get so expensive. We did a podcast about a singer songwriter named Steve Earle. He's been married, I think, seven times to six different women. And like, he'll tell jokes from the stage about how every five years he'll just buy a woman a house. And what he means is he just gets divorced all the time and he has to pay tens of thousands of dollars in alimony every month. And there are houses in his name that he's not allowed to enter anymore. And it's like, you know, you can just not get married. Like some of these marriages last like a year, 18 months. It's like, those are dating numbers. Just date. I don't even understand dating someone for that long if you don't want to be Right. I was yeah. brutal when I dated. I was like six months. You can't figure it out by six months. Yeah. I always think it's interesting when you get remarried to someone you were married to before. I think like it didn't way- work when you were my fourth wife, but now that you're number seven, it's feeling sure. luckier. That seems in my mind to make more sense than marrying a completely new person. Really? Going yes. back? Having been married now for seven years, I- I'm like, I could see why there's a lot of appeal to just being like, okay, let's just try this again. I mean, if you're the type of person that wants to be married, I get how that happens, but I don't understand getting married more. Like, especially having a wedding more than once. Like, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, you at least got to courthouse it. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, like a wedding sprinkle. Yeah, like wedding two through six. (laughs) A wedding sprinkle. We're just going to all meet at BJ's on Sunday. And Dude, that would be my nothing, dream. Nothing Wedding. casual. Nothing, nothing, nothing too fancy. Uh, and here's, you can donate to the Honey Fund. And <laughs> we're going to, I'm getting my favorite pizza. You can get whatever you want. Honey Fund would just be an envelope of like a bunch of different $25 gift cards to different chain restaurants. <laughs> and that would be fine. <laughs> would be so excited. Anyway, Tomorrow, Red get- Lobster. The day after that, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I guess we should get to the podcast episode. So let's talk about this, Adam. So Adele Morales, she was Norman Mailer's second wife. Sure. They got together after his first marriage failed because he was cheating on his first wife with Adele Morales. That, that makes some sense. And I can see how that... That's yeah. always just such a sound choice you know oh, yeah to, to it's totally gonna work with that person yeah you want you want to tie yourself down to a person who will break up their marriage on a whim because you met a few weeks ago like that there's and no way that's not gonna end badly a <laughs> this is how we're doing this next round 
is I'm going to date somebody with no boundaries yeah. while I'm married. And then you know what? I'm going to marry that person. Right. It's is a good idea. It is a recipe for success is success. what that is. So the events that eventually lead to the demise of his marriage to Adele happened in November 1960 at a point in history when Norman Mailer was running for mayor of New York City, which he can't be that just on the grounds that we can't have a mayor mailer. Like that's too... Mayor mailer. What a dork. <laughs> yeah, that, it sounds stupid. People are going to say mailer mayor or mailer mailer. And then people are going to go, oh, you said mailer mayor. It's like, yeah. get this guy out of office. So on those grounds alone, he can't win. Also, he's dead now. But on the night of November 19th, he wasn't yet. Oh. And he and Adele were hosting a party meant to launch that mayoral campaign of his. So there's lots of NYC elites there. The adrenochrome is flowing like water. And awesome. along with all the elites, a ragtag group of homeless people that Norman Mailer recruited off the street are at this party too. This is also how you know he sucks, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those, I'm a man of the people. And it's like, then go be homeless. Like, get out there. Like, Marry a homeless person, give them a home. Right? Throw them a mm -hmm. sprinkle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and one attendee called this night the most dangerous evening I've ever spent <laughs> in my life. They probably just mean there were a bunch of poor people there. But also, there were fights just breaking out all night long at... Norman Mailer's mayoral launch campaign party. Yeah. This is where, like, the intellectual elite pre-internet, they just did whatever they wanted. Like, uh, Oh, for sure. Being a famous person before social media was a completely different life. It's not... Or even just the advent of the iPhone. We'll just start there. Once people could capture things on the devices that they carried in that weren't, like, giant cameras, everything changed. But I'm not surprised to hear that there were fights and shit like that. That makes, that makes total sense. So Hugh Hefner used to have parties and I can't remember if he called them like pony parties or something, but he'd have his friends come and then they would bring in prostitutes off the street and then they would all have sex together. Cool. And then they were surprised when they had chlamydia or AIDS. Oh, that is surprising. So same, right? Yeah. Kind of the same, like... Yeah, that sounds very similar to this party of Norman Mailers. <laughs> when, when you teach, when you treat people like pinatas, you're going to get surprising results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes bad stuff's going to fall out. Hugh Hefner sucked. He sure did. Mm -hmm. Fuck Hugh Hefner. Ugh. You know, he never did even guys... met Marilyn Monroe. Never even met her, but bought the burial plot next to her. Oh, he's such a fucking creep. Did oh. you guys watch uh, The Secrets of Playboy? Not no, yet. but I know that's where you got that story. It sure is. Yes, I did. <laughs> I uh, paid the extra money to get all 12 episodes. Yep. I was like, I saw the preview for that and I was like, oh, Carrie's going <laughs> to all over this. And this every is... time they showed the grotto, I was like, yep, I remember. I remember. It was there. I was there. It happened. So fights are breaking out. So fights are breaking out. At one point, Norman Mailer divides the party into two sides. The people he has decided are for him and the people he's decided are against him. And here's the it's thing. no matter increasingly Adam's worst person. Yeah, like no matter what side of that you end up on, how do you stay at the party after that? I would be like, get me the fuck out of here. Ugh. The people who are for me and the people who are against me. This is like some Donald Trump shit. Yeah, yeah. Super, mm -hmm. super duper chill vibes. Who's for me? 
on the left. Who's against me? He eventually gets bored with terrorizing the people who showed up to support his mayoral campaign and just goes out on the street to start trying to fight people. This is a quote from Adele Morales. He was down in the street punching people. He didn't know what his name was. He was so out of it. I guess. And yeah, that's that's more than alcohol. That I can say for sure. Yeah. And he, he finally returns to the apartment around 4.30 a.m. But is that not the mayor you want, you want to vote, vote for? <laughs> New York, maybe. He was so messed up and so out of it that he just starts street brawls. Honestly, I think that's edgy. And that's the mayor we need. Yeah. That part is kind of endearing. I'm not going to lie. Everything up to this point, it's not a party I would want to attend, but it's a party I'd want to hear about. And that's cool. But things take a turn. He comes back to the apartment around 4.30 in the morning. There's still five or six people there. They're all in the dining room. Adele Morales is getting ready for bed. And at some point, an argument breaks out. And it is claimed that she, quote, taunted his heterosexual masculinity. To which he replied, quote, stabbed wife twice with a rusty pen knife. He stabbed her. He stabbed her twice in the back and once through the breast. Ouch. And that wound almost pierced her heart, just narrowly missed okay. her heart. And because the world was already a very broken place by 1960, instead of Norman Mailer immediately going to jail, he went on the Mike Wallace show the next day and gave an interview in support of his mayoral campaign and also talked about how knives are a symbol of manhood. The reaction among his fellow writers was crazy. James Baldwin chalked it up to Mailer attempting to, quote, free himself from the spiritual prison he had created with his fantasies of becoming a politician. Because, you know, once you've dipped your toe into a profession that you might not be ready for. The only recourse to get yourself out of that situation, you gotta stab your wife. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, there's a, there's a book. It's poetic. It's poetic. Everyone knows that, yeah. Everyone knows that that's what you have to do is stab your wife with a pen knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's rusty. And it I like the thrill of possibly getting tetanus at any moment. Mm-hmm. Also, Critic Lionel Trilling told his wife that Mailer was just launching a, quote, Dostoyevsky employ to test the limits of evil in himself. Oh, it's so fucking romantic. This guy's stabbing his wife because he was hammered at his mayoral launch party. This is the kind of, like, intellectual crap that makes me a crazy person. I, yeah. It's just, it always just comes back to misogyny also. <laughs> Pretty much. Any kind of extreme thought or belief system just comes back to a woman or a child becoming abused. Always. Yeah. Or a time. Yeah, like, this is still pretty much that time in history when you could just, like, have your wife committed for for being a bitch. Like, she's nagging too much. Come get her. Take her to a mental hospital. There's an episode of The Twilight Zone where... That exact thing happens. This couple is arguing and the guy like coaxes the wife out of the bathroom and is like, it's going to be okay. And just walks her to a fucking police car and they drive off with her. (laughs) It's like, that is how granddad argued with grandma back in the day. And you just do not realize it. Yep. She got starlight toured and had to walk home from the outskirts of town. So so depressing. On the the bright side, this absolutely ruined Norman Mailer's career and he never recovered. Just joking. He was fine. He actually ran for mayor again nine years later, won 5% of the vote, 
His campaign was supported by prominent feminists like Bella Abzug and Gloria Steinem. Adele Morales never pressed charges, but she did eventually divorce Norman Mailer in 1962. She said she didn't want to press charges because it would impact the kids too much, which, mm. I don't know, probably still press charges. Yeah, and there's that's still their dad, which yeah. clearly sucks. So, I don't know. He did that's a lame, annoying story on multiple levels. He did finally do the right thing and mm. admit that this was a bad thing he did uh, about – 40 years later, and like oh, a day nice. before he died, he said it was the <sighs> one thing he could look back on his life and regret. It's like, I bet that's not true. Hey, those all. are still better stats than my dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he regretted the party, the inviting homeless people, the random no, punching, no, the no, dividing Carrie. his crowd, no. the stabbing with a rusty Carrie. pen knife, that's the a clean pen just, knife. Just the, the rust part. Seems like gotcha. just... <laughs> <laughs> Just the rust. <laughs> Could have given that old bird tetanus. That's not what I wanted. That's it. That's, that's I wanted her to I, bleed out on the floor. But I'm glad we went over it. Yeah. He also, I didn't put it in the notes, but when it finally did become a legal issue for him, which it took a while, like a year or so, but eventually the law caught up to him for doing this. He was very adamant that he not be given any kind of insanity defense or serve any time in a mental institution because it would make all of his work look like the work of a crazy person. And it's like, your oh. work already looks like the work of a crazy person because you are a crazy person. And that is why people like you. You're just too crazy to realize it. Yeah. These, again, essayists, I think there's one that I like and it's Chuck Klosterman and all the other ones. Yeah. I just think to myself, I'm so happy I never met you. Thank you for the weird tour. I'm good. Yeah. David Sedaris seems all right. Also. I still don't want to know him at all. <laughs> David Sedaris? Oh, no. Are you kidding? Oh, I've read some of his books. I, like I love. No, no, no. I, I think his stuff is awesome. I just don't like. Don't you like have famous people that you're like, you're awesome. Woo, glad I don't know you though. Like I, no, I, not really. <laughs> oh, I think about that all the time. Like there's only a couple famous people that I'd want to know in real life. And the rest of them, I'm just like, you just, you seem awful, but you're very talented. Mm. Yeah. Thank right. you for your gifts. Please go away. Well, that's why I would want to know. I would want my worst fears confirmed or denied about that mm. person. And then we, mm. then we could, they can fuck yeah, off forever. Take them back down off that pedestal. Yeah. They're just like us. Stars. They're just like us. <laughs> Terrible. Mm -hmm. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, let's talk about some historical badness. This one, this goes back a little ways. We're talking about Henry VIII. Not the seventh, not the ninth. Henry the eighth, okay? I just want to say something. <laughs> this is not the place, Caitlin. <laughs> this breakup definitely affected your life if you were listening to this <laughs> this is the most important breakup in western history in my opinion there there is nothing more consequential than this divorce for so many reasons it's a wild story but he goes to great lengths to secure it, himself it, a wife it literally sent ripples through history oh, like yeah. there there it's a crazy i, I 
I'm annoying Carrie right now. This is a very interesting story. And I just needed to say that Carrie's raising her hand. Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just confused. Okay. So maybe we should go through the story first, but are you talking about the method in which he divorced his wife's? Yes. It was divorce even a thing back then. Exactly. Let's get to it. We'll talk. Okay. About it. Let, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the problem. He had six wives, but only three of them counted because the church annulled three of his other marriages. That's what he would do. He would get married and then come up with a reason why that marriage didn't count so he could remarry because then he's good in the eyes of God still. But most of those women whose marriages were annulled got off pretty easy because approximately one third of his marriages ended in beheadings, which is extreme. That's an extreme response to an unhappy marriage. Granted, it's the bedrock upon which the true crime industry is built. Yeah. But, but not technically beheadings. Beheadings right, are a, right. a statement. Yeah. You know? It's a personal crime. But you know, what we can say about Anne Boleyn is sometimes it's great to be first and sometimes it's not great to be first. Right. And in this situation, you don't want to be first. No. Well, she she's his second wife, but first well, to be beheaded. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she set that trend for sure. Yeah, she got that going. She initially resisted his advances. Her sister had been one of his mistresses, and she didn't want to be a sistress. Hey, good job, Adam. Sistress. Thank you. you. Like it. Like (laughs) it. That's great. So he becomes obsessed with her because he's that kind of guy. Clearly, you tell him he can't have something and he will burn England to the ground (laughs) to get it if need be. So he starts removing people in power in the Catholic Church who refuse to grant him the annulment he needs. He takes this to such a degree, he eventually gets excommunicated from the Catholic Church, and the Church of England has to break away from Rome and just be under the rule of the king. Those are some pretty big steps just because you want to marry a teen because you're no longer happy that the teen you married before this is now like 20. And It's not. such a big deal. <laughs> it's, it's like major. It, ha- it had such massive implications throughout history. I, I We could do a whole it doesn't matter. But this is the this is one of those nexus points in history that I think about all the time. Yeah. It all seems really extreme, but it's worth it. Because at least he finds the love True of love. his life. True love. And they're happy together forever, I think. Oh, wait. I, I just caught up on the notes. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was thinking of something else. Yeah. Yeah. He eventually gets tired of her getting pregnant with girls and not uh-huh. giving him the male heir that he needs. So he concocts a story about her sleeping with her brother, George, and has her beheaded on charges of adultery, incest, and high treason. Which, which, you, which like, why didn't he just do that the first time? Well, live and learn, you know? Oh, good point. And you want to be good in the eyes of God, you know? God's watching. He wants to see you follow the steps, but eventually he's going to see that you can't follow the steps anymore. And he's going to be like, what you're doing is fine because you're Henry VIII and you can do whatever you want. Yep. Can you imagine like being like, I know, I'm just going to tell everybody that she's sleeping with her brother. It's, yeah, that she's the one who's crazy. It's when you, in fact, are the one that's crazy. Such an unnecessary escalation. Like, just, I mean, just, just kill her. Like, why do you got to yeah. smear her reputation, too? Dog agrees. I will say the things that Caitlin thinks about all the time and the things that I think about all the time are shockingly different. 
I'm I not- mean, listen, here's the other thing though, you guys, <laughs> is Anne Boleyn is the mother of Queen Elizabeth who like steered the Renaissance. It, it's, cr- it's crazy. Yeah. Carrie, it's crazy. So who's, so who's <laughs> the current Queen Elizabeth? That's the one. That's oh. <laughs> That Hundreds of years old. People don't realize another <laughs> vampire. Okay. Yep. And then that brings me to a name I see in the next sentence, Jane Seymour. Also a different Jane Seymour. <laughs> Are you we sure? Yeah. Not- Have we ever seen them in the same room together? I knew this was gonna happen. No, but only because it's there there's not enough proximity. They're not in close enough proximity to <laughs> like time wise. In close time proximity. I'm trying to figure out the title of that episode we did. Celebrity familial deaths in Uh, close proximity. Celebrity deaths in close time proximity. Mm, Brought to you by the Rand Corporation. That was quite an essay we did. Um, That was my favorite title of all time. (laughs) My (laughs) finest work today. I was so proud of it. When you guys started laughing, I still want to think that it was with me. Absolutely. Not at me. I am flabbergasted that that is your reaction, considering <laughs> how many notes throughout our relationship I have put together that, <laughs> that you laughed about. <laughs> it's always funny when it's uh, directed at somebody else, just not at me, you know? <laughs> just Carrie, Carrie just all shields up, zero to zero to 60. Micro rage. I have been the victim of yeah. Micro rage where my eyes turn black. You know, like solar flares, Carrie can do that, but with emotions. You'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden she'll like, ah! And, and then, then I Carrie's come right back down. Looking at you from across the bar at Chili's. But then she buys you queso dip. It's very confusing. They have a good queso dip. Not they have lie. the best queso dip. Hands down. Fuck, I want to eat Chili's right now. Okay. This next one is, uh, is uh, awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hen- yeah, Henry VIII isn't done. He's a few wives later. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. He finds himself, well, this is awful too, hitched to Catherine Howard, who is cousin to Anne Boleyn, second cousin to Jane Seymour, not that one, but another of his wives. Not that one, Carrie. It's still not that one. We'll we'll see. And a year or so into their marriage, he finds out that she maybe slept with another man or three while they were married. And I'm sure those accusations are completely true. And this wasn't just another ploy to find himself not married anymore. But either way, she was beheaded in February 1542 on the grounds of treason and for committing adultery. Mm. Yeah, that's going to happen. But hey, the other four wives didn't get beheaded. So then after that, was that like a thing that people just started like divorcing their wives and having them beheaded? Or was he kind of like a... Well, so this guy just kept having daughters. So when he died, his daughter, Mary Queen of Scots, I think, became the queen. But then she got... She thought she was pregnant, but really she had like a crazy tumor in her body. And she had to make Elizabeth the queen. So no. So no. It basically... They had two queens that came after Henry. And uh, Elizabeth was... She lived till she was like 80, which back then was that's that's Methuselah. I mean, yeah, that's mm-hmm. like impossible. That's too long to back then, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's very long. Considering she also, I think, became queen at the tail end of the Black Plague. Mm. There's she she fought a lot. She 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 beat the odds. Let me tell you what. <laughs> uh I know you wanted to hear all of this, Carrie. 
No, I did. This is good for me because it's almost like while I'm one of the hosts of the podcast, I also feel like I'm one of the listeners and I learn a yeah, lot from you guys. Kind of cool. It's so like thank you. Of, yeah, no, we love you. I think that's how we all feel about each other. It's true. We all learn from each other. We're all just it's here really to learn. Beautiful. I haven't watched the Playboy documentary, so I wouldn't have known that story Carrie told about Hugh Hefner. Yeah, exactly. And I could have had 90% of the facts in that story wrong, but... Who so cares? I sounded never good know. the way you told it. I, I'm not really in the it, it, on the train of keeping Hugh Hefner's image pristine yeah, posthumously. Yeah, so that's, that's fine. I don't really care. It's if not we were super right about important. <laughs> All right. Although I think I did just offend a history major out there. I may have gotten that lineage a little. I hope I got that right. Yeah, they'll be fine. If I know my movies. I got that right. If I know anything about history majors, they're not going to complain if you get a fact or date or something no, they, like that they, wrong. No, they're, they're happy yeah. that you even care. There's not going to yeah. be a 2,500-word <laughs> comment on Patreon. Nope, never. Hey, let's talk about Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner. Why is this Ooh. on the list? She just fell off a boat. Ooh. Oh, I don't Adam. get it. She fell off a boat and drowned in 1981. Pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. if I recall, except not straightforward. At all. There were rumblings for years and years and years that her actor husband, Robert Wagner, and maybe actor friend Christopher Walken had some involvement in her death. This has always been such a weird story to me, because if she was murdered, it's almost the perfect crime the way it happened, because she couldn't swim. So you just get her a little drunk and throw her in the water and she's fucked. Right. And they did like to drink. All of them. They sure did. And this was at the time when she had gotten back together with him, right? Were they married before divorced or were they just dating, broke up? And this was the second think, time around. I don't think they got, I don't know this story as well. Carrie, I know you love this story. I, I, I don't, do love it. I, I feel know. like they were married. Yeah, I thought divorced. they were married again by this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. And I know there was some jealousy because she was friends with Christopher Walken. And I think she invited him. Because they were in the middle of shooting a movie or they had just shot a movie. Also, she dated a lot of other um, really famous people like Warren Beatty, who I remember seeing him in. Um, to shine. <laughs> oh, my God. The pressure. <laughs> so when he, when he was in um, that critically acclaimed movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, I did not think he was attractive. But uh, when you look at him when he was younger, he was. That's my contribution. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No. Yeah, he was the detective. <laughs> I think you're oh thinking God, of. I think you're I'm thinking right. of Dick Tracy. Yeah, you're, th- you're thinking of Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> there was just too much pressure. Carrie, you did great. We figured it out. We figured it out. And he didn't. You can't ever shine the light that brightly on me, Caitlin. <laughs> I will drown. I will drown, just like Natalie would You're in the story. A third of the show. How was that my fault? I feel like it's just better when I'm quiet, which everyone was out of a host. Oh, I'm sorry, but that was the best part of the show. So what are you talking about? Quite fun. I agree. I was so confused. I was like, is she confusing Warren Beatty with Bob Hoskins? Like, <laughs> I did. Simple mistake. <laughs> Thank Simple. God Adam brought up Dick Tracy because I was going a completely different direction. I was like, maybe is she talking about, is she confusing Christopher Lloyd and Christopher Walken? Is that what's happening? I was so. 
when Warren Beatty was in Back to the Future. Oh, God. His hair. He needed a comb. Oh, man. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, so Warren so Beatty, I, Christopher Walken, Robert Wagner, Natalie Wood are on this boat. Bob Hoskins I is I don't driving. know if they were married. Let's just come back to that. I don't. I genuinely don't know, but I know that they were together again, maybe in a process of reconciling. They were on the boat together. That's for damn sure. We know that much. <laughs> Figured it out. Mystery solved. And Christopher Walken was with him. And yeah, there's always been speculation that maybe Robert Wagner was involved. And then in 2011, 30 years after her death, the L.A. County coroner reopened the investigation. I remember. And in 2013, the coroner's office changed her cause of death from accidental drowning to accidental drowning and other undetermined factors. The report cited fresh bruises on the actress' arms and knee, along with a scratch on her neck and a scrape on her forehead, as evidence that she might have been assaulted before she drowned. Also cited conflicting statements about when she disappeared and whether she argued with Wagner that night. I feel like he did it. And there's just no way to prove it. There's never going to be any way to prove it. I guess. I don't know. This is one of those weird stories that I actually don't have an opinion on. I know that sounds strange, but it's interesting because Carrie and I know somebody who basically fell off a boat and was drinking too much and died. We're talking about George. Oh, yeah. So I know yes. it happens. Like, I just, I know this is something that happens to people, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think the fact that they had a fight the night that she died doesn't necessarily make somebody culpable in her murder, but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there was a history of abuse before in the relationship. I know nothing about that part. So, Carrie? Yeah, I don't know about that. I think, wasn't she found in her, like, nightgown? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the only reason for me, I think, that it seems weird. Like, if you're already in bed, why would you get up, right. check on a boat or something by yourself when it's late at night, you've been drinking, and you're deathly afraid of water? Yeah, that's a good point. Why be on a boat at all, though? That's the other part I don't understand. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's a weird story. And nothing ever came of them reopening the investigation. It seems like probably nothing ever will. I can't imagine they're going to find anything. You could always go to Zach Bagan's haunted mansion and poke around the cabin of this yacht sometime if you want. The we that's the weirdest part of this whole story, in my opinion, because all I can think of is that that section of the Haunted Museum that we watched on Ghost Adventures, where it's just a reconstruction, kind of, kind of, of the, of the cabin. Like if you go to Disneyland, it's like a reconstruction of Walt Disney's office. And you're like, oh, cool. An office there. It's like, here's pieces of the boat and we have a steering wheel. And And this is definitely the cocktail cabinet, though. Like It's really weird. Yeah. There's like a wine bottle. And they're like, did he hit her with this wine bottle? It's like, probably not. Or else the police wouldn't have sold it to you. Asking the kinds of questions only Zach can ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Justice for Natalie Wood. Let's get that movement started. Oh, God. It's a good way to spend our time. I don't want to be Please, no movements. I'm too tired to be in a movement. Let's go back in history again for another. We're going back in time. Vintage story. Nero and Papaya. Whoa. This one comes from, among other places, a book called It Ended Badly, History's 13 Worst Breakups by Jennifer Wright. Mm. She describes Papea as looking like Christina Hendricks 
in addition to being very wealthy and clever. So what a babe. She's a keeper. Roman Emperor Nero decided that she was his soulmate. And problem, he was married to someone else. Oops. So what do you do in that situation? Carrie? Uh, You are going to marry them off to your friend. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Good job, Carrie. Good job. He married her off to his friend Otto. Otho, O-T-H-O. Who cares? What's he going to do? Write us a letter and complain? (laughs) Hoping he would be too busy with other women to pay much attention to her. Uh, You know, keep your friends close and their wives that you want to bone closer. It's classic Mm -hmm. wisdom. I don't know how he thought this was going to go any differently, but instead of Otho being too busy with other women to pay attention to Papea, he just falls in love with her and then bans Nero from the house. So Nero can't come in and hang out. So Nero has him banished to Lusitania in 58 CE, which that's probably what I would have done. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Instead of... Like, you can't beg outside the house forever. Eventually, you have to banish her husband to another land that probably doesn't even exist anymore. Lusitania? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a real dictator shit. Right? And ain't that always the way, you know? Always. Mm -hmm. And so, problem... Papea is now available to marry again, but Nero still has that wife hanging over his head. So he eventually divorces her. But this is a point in history when divorce is very much frowned upon to the point that I wonder why it even existed. But he divorces her and the public gets very mad. So to appease public sentiment, he murders her. He just has her killed because it's, you know, then... (laughs) Are you happy we're not divorced anymore? She's dead. <laughs> and why didn't he do that from the beginning? That was my question with Henry VIII. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep, you, you keep up public appearances for as long as you can. But then eventually you, you just go back to God and get the permission to yeah. have someone murdered and he signs off. And then, it's that easy. Yeah, it's, it's that simple. So he was finally able to marry Papea and things were fine from that point on, uh, which is great. Or no, actually, they end up getting in an argument on account of how Nero likes to gamble and cheat. And he responds by jumping up and down on her pregnant belly until she died. Either that or he just kicked her in the stomach. History might have kind of talked up the actual events of this incident. sure. But he he kills her uh, Mm -hmm. by, and presumably kills the baby also. Uh He falls into a bout of depression and grief over what he's done. Obviously. Right. Any real man is going to have a heavy heart. Poor guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're forced into this. You have no choice but to, uh, I mean, she was questioning his gambling and his cheating with other women. That's on her. What are you going to do? And so he decides to recover from his grief by taking a slave boy named Sporus and castrating him because Sporus kind of looked like Papea. And... So he used him as a stand-in for her until, full circle moment, he eventually marries Sporus off to Otho. And then Sporus kills himself. That was big, like, uh, during a time when butt stuff was big, right? (laughs) (laughs) It sure was. Was was. that the butt stuff era? Oh, yeah, a lot of butt stuff. Yeah, I think that's what Mm -hmm. 58 CE translates to. The (laughs) CE is, like, Latin for butt stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The age of butt stuff. It's right in between the age of like enlightenment, things like that. Modern age. I don't know anything about ages. The Gilded Age, the age of butt stuff, too, but they realized that had been taken. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what was the Oregon Trail era? Also butt stuff. 
Oh, there's a lot of butt stuff. <laughs> it's all butt stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think butt stuff has ever not been part. I mean, there's like butt stuff in the Bible. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go over one last weird one. Sid this is weird. Vicious and Nancy Spungen. This one is very strange. Nancy Spungen was the girlfriend of Sex Pistols bass player Sid Vicious. And this being 2022, I know I don't have to explain who Sid Vicious is to anyone or the Sex Pistols. Fucking Google it. They were yeah, just... an overrated also, punk band. Sid and Nancy, great movie. Sid and Nancy is a very good movie. Gary Oldman is fantastic. Warren Beatty. In it. Warren Beatty <laughs> plays Nancy Spungen. Very strange. Bob Hoskins <laughs> plays their manager. Bob Hoskins might be in that. There's a 90% chance that Bob Hoskins <laughs> is in it because it is a British film. Yeah. So. Sure is. They only have like five actors. sounds right to me. <laughs> they only have five actors at a time. Ever. Oh, well, that's all we allow. Yeah. So, and then, well, really four, because it's been Gary Oldman for the last 60 years. So there's only, it's Gary Oldman and then four other people that get to be in things. Michael Caine, stuff like that. Yeah. Michael. British Renee Zellweger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What a mind fuck. (laughs) British Gwyneth Paltrow. So on October 12th, 1978, Nancy Spungen is found dead in the bathroom of the hotel room. She and Sid were sharing. Single stab wound to the abdomen. She apparently lived for about three hours before she eventually died. Uh, There was a murder weapon. The knife was left by the door completely wiped clean. Sid Vicious is the one who finds her, tries to clean her up, then goes to the methadone clinic because he was addicted to heroin, then comes back, calls the police. When he returns, he confesses to the murder, but says he has no memory of it happening, which... This this one I, is another one that will never, ever, ever, ever be solved. Ever. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I have no doubt he probably would have gotten convicted. I don't know if he still had rock star money necessary to fight a case like this successfully. But, yeah, the, like, the part where the knife is wiped clean is very weird. That yeah. obviously speaks to murder, but also the fact that the knife was left there is weird. Why would you... Especially if you're Sid Vicious, why would you wipe the knife and then leave it there and then leave? You could have just, just taken sounds, it with you. But it also just sounds like someone's on drugs doing something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, like, this is like the, the working of a person on heroin, for sure. You know, I, yeah. that doesn't really surprise me. That's the thing. And, and there's no mo- – nobody else had a motive to kill her, really. And their relationship, this one I do know about, was violent and yeah. intense and, like, you know – kind of like the, that your prototypical toxic relationship in every way. <laughs> so I think he did it. Like, I, I think it's pretty. Yeah. I'm, I, I can imagine if you were in his position and you woke up and saw her stabbed to death on the floor, you'd be like, yep, I probably blacked out and did that. That's yeah. not. Or good. is he saying he blacked out, but like, that's just an excuse. Well, there yeah. There, there are some theories. There were other people in the room. At one point, she makes a call to a friend trying to get drugs, and this friend swears he heard a friend or a male voice in the background that was not Sid Vicious. She had a ton of money that she was flashing around, like thousands of dollars. By all accounts, Sid Vicious had taken 32 and alls, so the chances of him like being able to get up and do this are slim, but also you build a tolerance to drugs and taking that many drugs. That's the perfect situation to black out and do something crazy. Like that's ambient levels 
high. Yep. There were six sets of fingerprints in the room. Nancy was showing all this cash, but they didn't find the cash in the room. And that leads people to suspect that this might have been a robbery. I personally think, in all seriousness, the NYPD probably took that money. Like, we're talking about 1970s fucking dog day afternoon NYPD walking into a hotel room with thousands of dollars just sitting open in a drawer. Yeah, they're definitely going to put that in evidence. Or, or that other person that the person that the phone call lady, yeah. they stole it. I, I just, I'm sorry, but like, I hear you, but when you're getting into like hard drug use and people coming in and out of hotel rooms, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that could have taken that money. Including, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just I'm just saying the NYPD is one of them. Like that's that's the kind of thing the NYPD engaged in in the 70s. I mean, still, but like especially then. Maybe they all split it evenly. Oh, Could that's be. nice. Oh, that yeah, that would be nice. Shares these. Yeah, I, I feel like whoever just season. like whoever just would have seen the money first probably took. That's it. my point. Is like it just it it wasn't Sid vicious, but it was yeah. Yeah. This is such a sad, sad, horrible. This is a bad one in every way. Like, yeah. He ends up getting arrested, but then is bailed out a few weeks later. And then shortly after he gets bailed out, he bashes a dude in the face with a glass and goes back to jail, gets bailed out again, and is released into the custody of his very responsible mother and his new girlfriend. And his mom buys him heroin, like a good mom. Totally. And he dies of an overdose. That night. So that's kind of where the Sid and Nancy story ended. So no one really knows. Great tragedy for sure. I think it would be interesting. Like, I hope this happens. But when you die, Uh like all these kind of mysteries, like you get the answers to. Oh, I would hope. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you can continue on to whatever, wherever you are going. But I would like to know. Yeah. Like Like how when you become president, they put that book down in front of you and they're like, read this. You're gonna be pretty I just, surprised. I do not think they did that with Donald Trump. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that Maybe guy like was skimmed through shit. it. Or... I think I... they did it, and he didn't care. I could see that. There is a very famous story about them showing him the. There's a video they show every incoming president that basically shows what the effects of a nuclear war would be, and it usually like reduces them to tears. Uh, Trump was on his phone whole time during that video i think that's interesting that like when you get hired at a new job and they make you yeah like what like what are the training what are the training videos for becoming president one of them is nuclear war that's so interesting like don't wait for the first 90 days you're just filling out new hire paperwork and getting acclimated your benefits kick in after 90 days people are dropping off like desk plants for you yeah here just watch this uh, this one's good. Just watch this training video and they turn it on and it's like footage of a secret underground lab that's holding <laughs> aliens and alien technology. But it's all really bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brad, what are you doing next to the World War Three button? Oh, I'm just drinking my cup of coffee. Well, according to our training manual, you are not supposed to be consuming any food or beverages next to the World War Three button. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I wrote a rap about it. <laughs> Just- Did I ever tell you the story about I was I, I I got onboarded at this company and one of the training videos it was a sexual harassment video and it was just called Hey you're a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a company once 
that was 95% women. It was a health insurance company. And at one point, they had a seminar. It was a two-day thing, and it was called Women Working with Women. And it was just all about... teaching women how to get along in the workplace. <laughs> was it, it like, did it involve like, like de-escalating hand-to-hand combat? Because sometimes that, that comes up. It felt like secret knowledge I should not have had access to. Like I should have just been oh. given the day off. Like I, I knew too much about my colleagues after that. <laughs> I probably need to watch that video. <laughs> the only you person- don't need to go to the bathroom together. You can go alone. The only person who stormed out in disgust was a fellow male who had to watch it. And he stormed out because at one point someone suggested that uh, camera technology had not been invented by the 1950s. And his line, here is a quote, they had photography in the Civil War. And then he just got up and walked out. (laughs) And I never saw him in that meeting again. And I was so happy for him. Too much information about the opposite sex for him to metabolize. And that co-worker's name was Donald Trump. Yep. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, I got to find that course. We'll take it. We'll take it Please. for an episode. Can we? And we'll do <laughs> yes. like a, we'll do an audio, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, I want to do that. An audio, whatever it's called. That's, I need more coffee, I guess. Man, uh, I'm tired. So I think that's the last breakup we have to talk about. Is there anything else? That. There's one more breakup. Is there? Mm-hmm. It's a little yeah. closer to home. Yeah, there is. Still violent, I hope. It can be after. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to tell all of uh, pretty scary listeners and my two co-hosts who were definitely not pre-informed uh, about this. Yeah, what what's going on, all. champ? I am going to have to stop being a co-host permanently here on Pretty Scary. I will come back uh, for a couple episodes here and there for sure. But the good news is I've had some really great career stuff happen for me here in the last few months. Um, I was excited about doing, you know, the Pretty Scary Book Club and all these other things. um, But fate had other plans for me. so I'm moving forward with some really exciting projects, but unfortunately that means I cannot be relied on consistently to record for this amazing show. So that is the announcement I have to make today. It, I mean, we're obviously happy for you in yeah. your, your career stuff. I mean, we've already had this talk. Now we're just yeah. having it for yeah. the people. I think what's important is we should hash out how me and Carrie are going to murder you. Yeah. I mean, before. should I be here for that though? It doesn't, I feel like the surprise is kind of the fun part. But it's going to make it more of a challenge for us if you know our plan and you're oh, able to like point. counteract yeah. it a little bit. And then Carrie yeah. and I have to think on our toes. Let's be honest. I have to think on our toes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Carrie's not going to read the notes for my murder. It's no, not going to no. happen. Just you cannot depend on her for that. But we'll get it um, done. We'll get it done. But she she will show up in California after having six Chardonnays in the airport from where she's from, and it will be, mm-hmm. you know, she it'll be a lot like Sid Vicious. She will not remember anything. Facts. Let me tell you, flying on an airplane with Carrie Martin is worth the price uh, of the plane ticket, <laughs> especially when she starts looking around and not really whispering, but whispering, we're all going to die. Mm. That's always, it's always nice to hear that on a plane. You're like, am I going to be the person? And then someone else says it and you're like, oh. If you are lucky enough to be sitting directly behind her, she will pass you snacks that you you bought <laughs> yourself. Um and then also one of my favorite things was when I was landing the plane and all of the interpersonal devices turned back on. Landing. Wait, what? The plane was landing. Oh, the plane okay. was like, like, I need to turn your phone back on. And 
<clears throat> Carrie had just sent me like 40 middle finger finger emojis throughout the flight <laughs> at different times. She thought I was getting them. And instead, they just like, did, did you have that like, for the entire flight, which you're not supposed to do. And apparently throughout this four hour trip, more than once, more than five <laughs> times, she decided to text me a series of middle fingers. And I spoke. had the tea taking my snack. When my phone... <laughs> When my phone turned on, it was just like, bing, 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 bing. And the woman next to me could see that I was just getting middle fingers. She was probably like, is 9-11 happening again? What is this? I think at one time you told me that you were listening to the audio. What was it? Who framed Virginia Woolf by Warren Beatty? And I got so angry. <laughs> she turns around. I, she's like, I'm just trying to like not talk to Carrie because she's she's just having a moment. She doesn't fly well. And Carrie turns around. She's like, What are you listening to? Like really loud. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I'm listening to this Virginia Woolf book. And Carrie looked at me like I said I was looking at black. It, you know, black market pornography or something. Like I, <laughs> how dare you? And then she made fun of me for the rest of the trip. <laughs> I also showed up with a backpack and Carrie hated that too. <laughs> was it a rolling backpack? <laughs> no, no. It's, it was just a normal backpack. And Carrie was like, I, I, I literally is the first thing she said to me at the airport. She's like, what is that? <laughs> said, it's a backpack. And she said, God damn it, Caitlin. And walked away towards Chili's where I followed her. <laughs> Oh, of course. Someone goes no, to Chili's. You Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. That's oh. where we went first. Anyway, uh, I don't know how we Less got here. Less enthusiastic yeah. about that choice. Yeah. I, I, oh, I know. Yeah. So if Carrie's going to fly out of here to murder me, she's not going to remember anything uh, because she'll get lit on the plane as no. uh, as says the prophecies. Mm. And then we'll recap it on my podcast, What's the Queso, that we record in a Chili's, <laughs> me, Warren Beatty, and Bob Hoskins. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Bob Hoskins is dead, but it's fine. Um <laughs> Who killed him? The case, so you're trying to solve. I don't know. He's just not showing up for recording. It's really weird. <laughs> but I never take his name off the credits. <laughs> you tell everybody at the bar at Chili's that you're waiting for Bob Hoskins. Anyway, okay, this is getting insane. Yeah, I'm sorry that I can't be more uh, be here as much as I want to be, but um, I've really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed this, and I will continue to come back occasionally. So, and you know how to find me. So come find me. I'll I'll be there. And. Carrie will still be co-hosting episodes with me. I won't be doing this alone. That'd be weird. Hmm. Uh, And, you know, we'll probably have some guests on from time to time, some guest co-hosts, things like that, which is a thing we don't do that often. Um, So, yeah, it'll be good. And Caitlin is is going off to do fun things. So everyone should be happy for, I mean, send lots of hate mail, obviously. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting it. It's fine. You know, yeah, like. Some a couple of days of radio silence at least while you work through your grief, but mm. then reach out yeah, to Caitlin and wish her the best, you jerks. And if you can ever come back, Caitlin, I would appreciate it. <laughs> I'll step down again. Carrie's <laughs> just gonna like. We're already wish. waving a white flag. Carrie's <laughs> stressing you guys. She's- She's like, how is Caitlin going to go? What the fuck are we going to do? You've been fine, Carrie. You've done it without me before many times. And it's more, I know, the dynamic know. of the three of us is a lot of fun. And I will be back. We'll we'll plan episodes for me to come back for sure. I can't completely step away, but mm-hmm. I just, I can't be relied on to record consistently here. So that's yeah. the facts. We'll do some stuff. Don't worry about it. 
And congratulations, Caitlin. That's awesome news. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, and I'll, you'll see what those announcements are here very shortly if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Which so. you absolutely better not, or else me and yeah, Carrie will see Which this huge betrayal I believe of our is trust. Caitlin Cut uh, seven twenty two <laughs> on Instagram. Yep, that's me. And Caitlin Cut. 72276 uh-huh. on Twitter. Yeah. And then you can follow Carrie. Um, just just look up Carrie Martin, but her handle is her social security number. <laughs> <laughs> Which also doubles as my bank password. Right. Everything else. And her mother's maiden name. Very weird. It's weird. It's really Nine weird. Nine digits in her mom's <laughs> maiden name. <laughs> so strange. All right, my, ne- my, my next podcast will be uh, the name of the first street I lived on. <laughs> and the whole podcast is this whole mystery about Carrie trying to figure out how the hell her identity got stolen. She just can't figure it out. That sounds like fun. I want to produce that. Just shut, yeah. shut this Carrie, podcast down and move on to that. Carrie's like, I don't know. I just, it's crazy. Just giant chunks of money started to disappear from my account. Uh, I don't know. The whole logo is just a picture of my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> Your real ID. Debit card. A passport. <laughs> you holding all of them up. <laughs> With a thumbs up. <laughs> no, middle finger. What? On the queso. On the queso. Gary Martin. Oh, no. You have to do that. <laughs> That's so funny. On oh, the queso. God damn it. Just a review of the queso at various chilies throughout <laughs> the nation. Nope. Good here, too. It's like California weather. Always good. This has been On the Queso with Carrie Martin. We're in Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs> shortest podcast in the history of the world. You know what would be good, though, is Carrie attracts the weirdest people possible. So I promise you that if we were able to set this up somehow, it just, would it would be great. On the Queso would be a great podcast just based on whoever <laughs> sh- bellies up next to Carrie on the, at the bar. Me sharing Queso with homeless people in different cities. They're not homeless. They're just always a guy that's like emotionally wrecked. Well, you're always home when you're at Chili's. Exactly. So there's that too. (sighs) All right. right. I'm going to miss this, but I'll be around. Caitlin will be around. uh, But as for right now, we're all going to get the hell out of here. Yeah, we're going to go. Right? Mm -hmm. Let's go. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Caitlin, say goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Thank you.